Pleasant. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's a Monday morning, and it's 7 o'clock in the Pacific, 8 in the mountain, 9 Central, and 10 Eastern and Atlantic. But you know what that means? It's time for another edition of Coffee Shop Conversation Segment. And today's topic is Lessons from Walt Disney. We have, as as, as usual, our featured guest, Chet Chichenko. Good morning, Chet. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing good, morning. good and I'm also yeah, frazzled. I am going at a oh, really? million miles an hour this week, and um, <laughs> it's probably actually not a good, not a bad thing for um, today's episode, but it's all going to tie in. But um, we okay. are on that countdown to the arrival of baby Emmeline, getting closer uh-huh. and closer, and um, you know, it's it's more and more often that I'll look over at Jenny and she's got both hands on her tummy and taking deep breaths and the breaths can take her kicking in. Yes. <laughs> oh I'm my on goodness. my my final week of work before taking taking a couple months off for baby leave to help around the home. So I'm finishing everything up over there. Um this morning as soon as I'm done with this show I am racing off to our tiny little church. Oh. Very excited about helping out with a um, first ever springtime vacation Bible school. And uh-huh. um, it's just kind of one of those mornings where we are already going a mile a minute and I feel like I'm wow. in three different, <laughs> you know, three or four different directions. But I'm not the yeah. only one. Because prior to the show, um, you and I were talking about um, just all the technical difficulties, all the kind of yes. um, bumps in the road that are happening on um, just kind of our end too, right? Yes, 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 yes. We we have technical difficulties wherever there's computers, wherever there are technical machines. Now, the machines work wonderfully most of the time, and when they work, they are fantastic. But when they goof up, oh, my gosh, when there's a limp, there's a limp. There's a, <laughs> a limp without a crutch. We have to find a, a crutch or a replacement or substitute to rectify this situation. Well, ATN, that's why I'm so thankful for you because all of that technical side is not my strong suit by any any means. <laughs> so I'm so thankful every Monday morning that you're here to handle the technical aspect of it, and I don't even have to worry about that. Now, we've also oh, got another good, challenge yeah. this morning is Shatila is not here. Yeah, she's having technical issues with her phone. Likewise, likewise. She's not holding the charge, and no matter what she does, it will hold it for a while. I mean, it will charge up, but it will lose it in, in no time at all. So she's been struggling with that phone, and then think it's time to get a new one. And so normally I wouldn't bring all of this up, but kind of our theme for the day is leading with a limp. And um, it's something yes. that I'm learning to do and trying to do. And so um, I thought I would bring all of this up. And it's also... Um, it really fits into this time of year, too, but Easter was yesterday, and the yeah. whole theme of Easter is that everybody's got a limp. You know, the whole reason <laughs> Jesus came, died on the cross, and rose again is that we weren't good enough to make it on our own. We needed a Savior who could, um, you know, really live that perfect life for us and yeah. take the punishment for our messy lives for us. And the whole theme of Easter is everybody's got a limp, and so everybody needs a savior. 
And um, well, you I know, know something. I'm sorry. I just want to say, you know something. When the uh, good Lord created all of us, He came up with Plan A in the Garden of Paradise. Now we are living with a limp because we're no longer in the Garden of Paradise. You know why? Because Eve caused the limp in our step. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, we've all got that limp. We all need a savior. Yeah. Funny thing yeah. is, is a lot yeah. of times we try to hide that limp. And um, yeah, you know, the whole message of Easter is we've all got that limp. But then after coming to Jesus, um, you know, on my side, I speak a lot to churches, other Christ followers, and I think one of the areas where our churches are starting to grow is we're starting to become more grace-filled and we're starting to become more accepting of people with a limp. The whole message of the Bible mm. is everybody's got a limp, everybody needs Jesus. Yes. But a lot of times yeah. our message becomes you've got a limp over there and we tend to point the finger and that's that's not how it should be. And so really my hope in doing this show is that we become less ashamed of our limps. We don't hide our limps, and um, we use our limps to help other people. Because sometimes I think mm-hmm. that our um, biggest weakness becomes our greatest asset later yeah. on in the future if we're willing to embrace our limps instead of trying to push them aside, hide trying to it. hide them, trying to act like they don't exist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I just wanted to add that you're talking about all of us have a limp. Yes, we do. All human beings have a limp, except one. And look what happened to him on uh, Good Friday. Yeah, the, the limpers all around him decided they're going to put him on the cross, and they did. But uh, he's mm-hmm. showing them what's what. Yeah, he did his part as well for us. He didn't have to. He said, I'm God. I don't have to take this limp. I don't have to take any of this nonsense. Boom, I'm out of here. But he didn't. And could you imagine somebody subjecting himself to that suffering, suffer before he got on the cross, suffer while he was on the cross, and even to make sure that he was dead. The soldier stabbed him again with a, with, with, with a lance in his chest when he was just about dead. Wow. Is that a limp Absolutely. Is that more than a limp? Major limp. We've got an incredible savior. Yeah. All right, so let's dive into this whole idea of embracing our limp that are trying to hide them. Well, because that's a lesson you learned from Mr. Walt, Walt Disney, right? The lesson we learned from Walt Disney, and I've also got, I did some extra research, and um, I'm noticing more and more leaders who are leading with a limp. So this whole idea came from this quote that I read this week from Walt Disney that I absolutely loved. And so I'm okay. bringing that up right now. And um, it was kind of got me looking at Walt Disney's life, and I learned a whole lot about him that I didn't know because kind of my perception of Walt Disney is this guy who's got it all together, this model of perfection. Of course, um, growing up in Southern California, I've been to Disneyland many, many times, lots of great memories there. And just walking through Disneyland, there's just this um, picture of, Perfection, you know, everything runs well, everything works well. Um, it's very, very smooth running, magical place. And you'd never know that Walt yeah. Disney had a messy life. 
And so as an adult, Walt Disney says this. He said, all the adversity I've had in my life, all my troubles and obstacles have strengthened me. You may not realize it when it happens, but a kick in the teeth may be the best thing in the world for you. And so if you were to go to Disneyland today, which, um, by the way, I, I heard, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard that they're building a Star Wars land now on the um, kind of on the back of their park. They're adding to their park. And the part that I'm not sure about is um, I heard it's going to be a $1 billion project just for Star Wars. Land. Wow. Absolutely incredible. I mean, you walk into Disneyland today, it is absolutely amazing. So you never would have guessed that all of this started with a man who had a bunch of adversity and troubles. And so I was wondering what on earth was Walt Disney talking about when he mentioned this kick in the teeth. And so here's some stuff I didn't know about Disney. Did you know Walt dropped out of high school when he was 16 years old? I didn't realize that. Said he dropped out of the dropped out of high school, tried to join the army, was actually rejected by the army because he was underage. Another thing I didn't know um, was that Walt Disney was dyslexic. I'm thinking this might have actually contributed to his difficulties in school and the fact that he never graduated from high school. Yeah. And then early on in his career, when Walt Disney started doing animation, had his Disney Studios together. He um, produced a successful animation series called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. I've never seen that. Um, never even heard of it. But he produced it for Universal Pictures, so for another company. And it, actually, it ended up doing pretty well. And once the show kind of took off, Walt Disney went and said, hey, can I get a raise? And they said, nope, we're actually going to lower your salary. Of course, I didn't sit well with Wow. Uh, but he didn't sure. own the rights to the character. Um, and all of his production staff were making decent money doing this animation. And so Walt kind of had this tough decision to make. You know, do I stick with doing um, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit? Does this get me mm-hmm. good success? Or do I cut my ties now and move on and try something new? And that's what he ended up doing. He ended up cutting ties leaving his character, you know, that he had created with Universal Pictures and leaving a lot of his production staff behind and restarting over again. So I thought, what a kick in the teeth. I was going to say, now Walt Disney's company is probably bigger than Universal. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think Universal even copied the the, uh, amusement park theme. Because I don't think they had amusement park before Disney came out with his. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. Sometimes that adversity goes on to um, make us stronger if we keep moving forward, if we keep keep pressing forward. And so here's what I love about Disney so much is when I read all of this side of Disney, I can relate. I don't know that I can relate to... Disneyland and the, you know, $1 billion product, or um, why, why not? Just pull, uh, <laughs> Just pull it out of your pocket. Just pull it out of your pocket. I can yeah. definitely, I know, huh? but I can definitely relate to these adversities, to these struggles, to these yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what that's like. And wow. kind of like Disney, I'm learning to push through them and um, learning to use these adversities and challenges to help me learn and grow. 
That's good. So, next question is, how do you do that? Great question. And for me, it's been a learning process. My story started probably about a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. As a marriage and family therapist, I love helping people connect to their families um, and build up strong families. Now, here's my limp. My limp is I'm part of a blended family. And, of course, um, blended family means um got two incredible kiddos from a previous relationship that did not work out. And then um, Jenny and I um, have a little Addison together and one more daughter on the way. Mm-hmm. But it's part of my story that I don't necessarily love sharing. But it's also a really important part of my story. And so yeah. last year, um, one of my friends was putting together a family conference, and she said, Jed, I'd love for you to come be a speaker at our family conference. I thought, that's great. I'd love to come. I'd love to talk. Um, you know, it's my passion to help families learn and grow. And she said, great. Jed, I want you to do a talk on blended families. And my thought was, well, wait, I'll talk about anything but blended families. You know, that's part of my life that I'd rather not share with the world. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of that side that I want to want to hide because it means that I've had a failed relationship in the past, and I don't want to share failures, weakness, um, my limps with others. And so what I did is I came back and I wrote a proposal for a couple different workshops and turned them in and said, hey, this is what I'll speak on. And she said, yeah, that's great. These look like awesome workshops. And I'm putting your blended family workshop on here too. And so – Really, that's what got me um, speaking about my limp and sharing my limp. And so here was the big surprise and bonus for me. I was pretty nervous, did a lot of research on blended families, and really caused me to dive into my own life as well and just realize, Uh okay, I had a lot of shame, blame, and guilt because I know blended families aren't the ideal. Um, Divorce is not something that I had planned for, and it, I know that ideally it's not in God's plan. True. But here's what's interesting is I then went back into the Bible and I found out Old Testament is filled with blended families. They're all over the Bible. Um, really? Yeah. Um, so Abraham, kind of the father of our faith, he came from a blended family. He had a son with his wife, Sarah, and then he also had a son with Hagar, his maidservant. Very messy story, um, but a blended family nonetheless. Of course, David's wow. um, son Solomon was a product of an affair, right? And yet he became someone who wrote a lot of the Bible. David's known as a man after God's own heart. And so all mm-hmm. of this came from a messy life. And so God's no stranger to using messy people and their messy situations and their messy lives. <laughs> messy people, messy situations, messy lives. Okay, let's go with the messy today. <laughs> yeah. And so my key point going into this workshop was God loves the blended families. I thought, you know what, this is a message yeah. that I really need to hear. This is something that I need to be reminded of daily. And my guess is, is that other people at this workshop are going to need to know about this too. And so mm-hmm. I started off um, – with a PowerPoint slide that said, God loves blended families. And as soon as I said that, I looked around the room and I could see 
everybody's eyes tearing up. And I knew that I was in a group of people just like me and really managed to just establish a strong connection with everybody in the room by sharing my limp and my messy story and Mm -hmm. kind of my weakness then um, became one of my greatest strengths. And so I think that's what leading with a limp is all about. It's about taking our weaknesses and sharing them with others and allowing God Mm -hmm. to work through them. All right, so let's get back to Disney. Okay. So in talking about um, leading with a limp, um, I thought, you know, there's a lot of places I want to lead with a limp. I want to lead at home, I want to lead at work, and I want to lead in my in my friendships. Okay. So I'm looking for... All right, so you're looking. I'm looking, looking, I'm looking, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So Disney said this, the best way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. And um, I think a lot of times we don't take action just because of that limp, right? Um, I know for me, for a long time, I didn't talk about blended families because um, it was painful. It hurt. It was part of my life life that I um, would rather not make public and share in the open. Um, But again, as soon as we get started and as soon as we take action, a lot of times we see, man, this limp is actually helping me connect to a whole lot of people. Good. So one great strategy for leading with a limp is to take action and get momentum on your side. And I think the easiest way to do that is just to dive right in. Okay. Well, now that you mentioned the word dive right in and take action, there's there's a language that goes with taking action. (laughs) Sometimes people express their intention to take action by saying, I'll try to do so-and-so. Well, the simple fact that they're saying it in such a way doesn't, allow them to jump right in. In fact, if you listen carefully, I'll try to be a good father. Well, that means I have a limp, and I want you to know I have a limp, so therefore I'm not to be held responsible if I'm limping. So all it does is focuses on the negative, the negative, the negative. However, if we were to take that sentence and remove I'll try and say I will be a good father, I will be a good parent. I will be a good friend. All of a sudden now we're changing that negative possibility or that negative imposition into hey, you're jumping right in there and doing it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Well, and I think it changes our perception of what good is. Because sometimes when we yes. when we say I'll try to be a good father, um, it implies that our perception of a good father is a father who doesn't make mistakes. I think we can confidently say, I will be a good father. I will be a good mother. I will be a good parent. 
because a good parent is one who makes mistakes and one who openly makes mistakes. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect kid. There's no such thing as a perfect teenager. There's no such thing as a perfect adult. And so I think as parents, yeah. we can model living living kind of in our world of imperfection and what that looks like. So an imperfect parent says, yeah. I'm sorry. An imperfect parent shares their failures, and an imperfect parent's going to accept imperfections in others. I think what we want to do is model yeah. that for our kiddos instead of trying to hide it, instead of stressing ourselves out and stressing everybody else out, trying to put on this front of perfection, showing our kids that it's okay right. to make mistakes, it's okay to try and fail. And speaking of that, I've got a athlete for you. See if you can guess who this is. Athlete says this, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost uh, 300 games on 26 occasions. I've been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I've missed. Yeah, I know. Michael Jordan. No, go ahead. Michael Jordan, yep. And then he concluded, I failed over and over and over again over in my life. Over and over again. And you that's why up. I succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, before we run out of time, we were talking about the length, but we were talking about the technical difficulties. Well, Shatila somehow or another, mastered her difficulty over the phone for today. She's on the line. Let's say hi to her. Good morning, Shatila. Good morning, all. Shatila, good Welcome. morning. Glad you made it. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah. Okay. So, Shatila, we're talking way, about should... with the lens today, which is kind of a good thing for the show because we're having technical difficulties. You know, I was telling Etienne how I'm feeling like I'm pulled in three or four different directions today at once. Um, but we're talking about how we can really take those weaknesses and um, keep going in spite of them, learn from them, and how they help not only make us stronger, but they um, help us grow, too. And so just read that quote by Michael Jordan where he said he missed over 9,000 shots in his career and failed over and over and over again, and that's why he succeeded. Every time I see this quote, I always think, you know what, Michael Jordan missed a whole lot of more shot, whole lot more um, <laughs> basketball shots than I have. Yeah. <laughs> but he yeah, yeah. He's also won a whole lot more games than I have, too. <laughs> and the reason he's won practice. all of those games and is able to play professionally is because he's practice more and miss all of those shots. You know, I haven't exactly. done the work, yeah. haven't put in the time to do what he does. And I think the only way that person can do what Michael Jordan did is um, to spend the time making the shots, practicing day in and day out. And if you spend that t- much time practicing, you're going to miss a whole heck of a lot of shots. Yeah. And that's how you're going to succeed in the end. I really think that goes for just about anything. I agree. Wow. I like that quote. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to Disney. Here's my third quote from Disney that I love. He said, all of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. And so yeah. and at the beginning, we talked about some of Disney's failures. He didn't graduate from high school, never graduated from high school, by the way. But he also was awarded honorary doctorate degrees from Yale, Harvard, and UCLA. Another thing that I thought was really cool is we talked about Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And um, 
how he lost rights to the character. It turns out that back in 2006, Disney Studios was able to go back and reacquire the rights to the character. And so, kind of fun, yeah, fun note, even after his death, Disney's dreams are still coming true. Yeah, Oswald, yeah, the there you go. Rabbit now, now belongs to Disney again. Wow. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think in the movie, uh, Who Shot Jessica Rabbit, they did have the, the Oswald Rabbit in there. He's a tall rabbit in white. White rabbit with an overall. I think he had a red overall with a yellow bow. Really? Yeah, if, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I think so. I'm going by memory. Yeah. All right. I like that show. Good excuse to go back in <laughs> and watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> Jed, let me jump forward a little bit. Uh, you said something on your blog about momentum is like a steam engine. What, what do you mean by that? Once you get going, so you keep going, you keep going. Great illustration. Long, long time ago, but it stuck with me. And the whole idea is a steam engine on the track, when it's sitting still, you can take a small slanted wooden block and put it underneath the tire, and you know that steam engine is not going anywhere. But once it gets mm-hmm. going and it's moving full speed ahead, it's going to crash through just about any, anything. You know, nothing is going to get in its way. And so, okay. you know, momentum is just an incredible ally. Um, thing is, is when a steam engine starts, it starts up slow. You know, it is by no means one of those um, cars that yeah. go zero to 60 in a couple seconds. You know, it's a slow turning yeah. process. And it's the same thing with us. Getting momentum back on our side is it can be just a slow, slow process where it feels like we're swimming through syrup, trying to nail Zilla to a wall. You know, you're doing a whole lot of work and you're just not getting anywhere. And then once you get that momentum going, you can almost sit back and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Oh, wow, wow. And so I think kind of the lesson is, is when you're leading with the limp, um, if progress is slow and hard and takes a long time, it's, a, it's okay. That's normal. Yeah. You know, one of the good things I have to say about this segment, this show that you're doing, it gives us a time, it gives all of us, I'm hoping the audience do, a time to reflect on how we are functioning. I know for me personally, I just go through life looking forward and Every once in a while, my brain will tell me, do this, do that, move this direction, say hi here. And sometimes I'm consciously aware of it, other times I'm not. But now that we're doing a segment, it gives me a chance to sit down, look at the mirror, listen to my ears, see my eyes, and put it all together, what I'm seeing and hearing, when I read what you have written, or when I listen to how you present it. So for that, I thank you. I thank you for the Psychology Plus Religiosity all combined. He'll come up with a new word. Psych, psychologicity, religiosity, whatever. Thank you. I love it because it really gives me a chance to take key principles that I've learned about and um, yes. talk about yeah. them with you guys, um, get a different perspective on them, and yeah kind of sit down and examine, okay, how am I going to apply this to my life? 
Because, yeah. you know, one thing that I never want to do is I've read a ton of self-help books, um, love listening to other psychologists, life coaches, self-help speakers, and one thing I never want to do is fall, in, fall into the category of becoming one of those speakers who says, okay, if you follow these three easy steps, your life will be perfect just like mine. I think there's far no. too many of those out there, yeah. um, far too yeah. many books and speakers that overpromise and underdeliver. And really what I want to do is let people know that I'm right in this journey with them and limping along, learning, and it's kind of um, we're all in this together. And how can we encourage one another and support each other on the way? That's, that's the way to go, yes, yes, yes. That's why that's why the three of us are lost all together because we share that common focus, a common approach. We're in life together. How can we help each other? What can we do to help others? And I think anybody takes on a focus like that, the world becomes smaller because our friendships become larger. Absolutely. Well, I think there's a lot of power in that, too, because if people don't know that you're limping, they, they can't help. Yeah. Yeah. It just... So, how how you fix your time today? Say that one more time. How are you fix your time? Show time, I mean. Ah, I have got to run. We are at that seven thirty mark on my end, and um, I am running off to my next thing. Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate you being here. We thank you very much for bringing us these messages segments, the coffee shop segments every Monday morning. And in spite of our limp, when we had to change to Tuesday on several occasions, we're still here. So we want to thank you, thank you, thank you, Jed, for being here. I know you got to run. you got to do what you got to do as a, as a daddy, as a seminary professor, and everything else that you're carrying on on your shoulders. Thanks again. We'll continue. Shaquille and I will continue. I will chat with you next week. Okay? Take care. Sounds Thank great. You Thank you, guys. Okay. Bye. All right. See you later. Shakira, did you get a chance to get caught up? Okay. Uh, yeah. One more time. Shakira, are you there? Can you hear me? I was saying that she's probably have trouble with her phone again. Well, put some music on, and I'll get back to you in a minute, audience. Let's go ahead and play our theme song. Well, no, I'll do something a little different. Here's something else a little different.
And we're back, and we're back. Welcome back, Shatila. Yes, I would just say I learned a lot from today's segment, as always, and I'm able to walk away with being able to apply it to my personal life, and I look forward to every Monday. Right, right. Coffee shop conversation segment with Jet Chichenko. He is amazing, the way he combines psychology and religiosity. I was teasing today. I think you heard it when I said I have to come up with a new term. Like religiosity. <laughs> with a new title. <laughs> I think I'm going to do it every week, come up with a new title for him. <laughs> He's amazing. Well, folks, yeah, we're going to wrap things up now because we've been having this technical difficulties with the show. The recording portion, I think, is over with, but we're continuing live until we wrap things up right now. So uh, for me, I, I, I said my two my two cents. Uh, I thank Jed for being here, and I told him basically how it's very helpful that he blends the psychology and the religious aspect of how we can improve our lives. And that's wonderful. So every Monday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific, 8 Mountain, 9 Central, and 10 a.m. Eastern and Atlantic Time, Come on in and listen and share a cup of coffee with us as Jet shares his tidbits. Until next week, uh, Shatila, and to the audience, we say so long, and like Shatila would say, never give up. Closing words, Shatila? No, just never give up, keep your head up, and keep it moving. (laughs) Keep it moving. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, folks, until next time, we say so long for now. Take care. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye for now. Bye.